0: Jimmy Ott here with Paul Stone as we talk a little college football. Paul's best bets of winning week last, uh, last week for Paul. Heating up, coming down the stretch, just as he did last year. So let's get right to it. And a little bedlam Uh, last time for the foreseeable future Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, four straight sort of 50 50 games, you know, spreads under a, a touchdown, uh, three of them as a dog. And, well, we know that uh, Mike Gundy has been very vocal about Oklahoma leaving for the conference and well, and, um, and not doing bedlam. Not like they can go to the SEC and still play. That's a conversation for another day. But Mike Gundy has spent a little time in Oklahoma State as a player for years, as an assistant in two different stints, 10 years. And now in his 19th year, after a losing his first year, one of my favorite sets. 17 straight winning seasons. That's including bowls now, but winning seasons, no 500s, no losing records. And man, he looks like he's on his way again. He's got his team improving after really getting gutted in the uh, in the uh, in the transfer portal. Gutted enough to where his uh, 40 40 plus game starter transferred out to sit on the bench. Oklahoma State here at Bedlam again, one of the last Bedlams for a while plus six against Oklahoma, hanging their head a little bit after losing in Lawrence.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll uh, open it up. by. I still am scratching my head about Spencer Sanders (laughs) transferring to Ole Miss to to watch uh, watch SEC football, I guess, for a year. But, you know, Mike Gundy, whether you like him or love him or or loathe him or whatever, the guy, he he certainly is a polarizing figure, but he's certainly a great college football coach. I mean, he's one of these guys – that I like to say gets more out of less. You know, he recruits against uh, Texas and Texas A&M and uh, in-state Oklahoma for players. Uh, he, he certainly gets some good players. They've had some top players in that program, but uh, he, he builds that program on guys who, uh, you know, maybe didn't have the options of the schools I just mentioned, and he just does a, a tremendous job. You look at Oklahoma State's season to this point, to me, it's kind of a tale of two seasons. You have the four games they played before their bye the last Saturday uh, in September. And then you have the four games that they played in the month of uh, October. Uh, first of all, the, the bad and the ugly, you know, their, their month of September was not uh, a good start. I mean, I think it's what a lot of us expected to see out of Oklahoma. They kind of bottomed out in week three when they lose to uh, Sunbelt member South Alabama, 33-7 to there in Stillwater. They follow that by losing their season opener at Iowa State, and then they get that early season by the final Saturday in September. That's about the time they started going heavily to Ollie Gordon uh, the second, the running back from Ulysses Trinity High School out of Fort Worth, and they've been a different team uh, ever since. They not only won all four of their games in the month of October, uh, they also covered all four of those games, three of those victories coming as the betting underdog, And Ollie Gordon, Jr., I mean, he has been one of the stories of college football, especially in the last few weeks. Last two games, he's rushed for 553 yards. The last five games, he's almost averaged 200 yards a game. He's rushed for a total of 978 yards in the last five. So they're running that football, and uh, they'll be doing that, I'm sure, on Saturday at uh, Boone Pickens Stadium there in Stillwater. In Boone Pickens Stadium, to me, one of the most underrated venues in college football, those students are right on top of the visitors' bench. They pound those paddles on the on the side of the stadium. The whole game makes a bunch of racket. Uh, it's a crazy environment. And as you mentioned, this is the final edition of Bedlam, uh, at least for the time being, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, Oklahoma State, I, I think, is going to be really pumped and prime for this one. Oklahoma doesn't really come in on its best foot. Not only losing at Kansas last time, losing last week rather losing to Kansas for the first time since 1997, but their last three games. I mean, they beat Texas, but they were plus three in the turnover battle. Uh, they came a two-point conversion against UCF from going to overtime, and then they actually lose at Kansas last week. So they're just two or three plays away from you know being on a, on a three-game losing streak. That is a little bit of a stretch, but their games have been tight. Um, their playoff hopes certainly are uh, not what they were this time last week. Oklahoma State, really nasty as a home underdog uh, there at Boone Pickens. Nine and four against the spread since 2013. Take Oklahoma State uh, plus the six over the Sooners, Saturday in Stillwater.
0: Going to be a lot of juice in that stadium there. Let's uh, keep this theme going where the sort of mid-level uh, you know teams in the Big 12 with quality coaches some people criticize Matt Campbell um look do a little history lesson whenever you criticize Matt Campbell see how Iowa State has done historically it is a tough place to win it is one of the lower re- resource programs but he's kind of got his team playing better in the middle of the season kind of like uh he gone to get Oklahoma State Iowa State now has a little winning streak going themselves feel rush fade Kansas, there you go. They've rushed the field. Look how much juice did they leave on that field in that win, historic win against Oklahoma. I mean, that, that was that was pretty fun. I Me mean, carrying the poles out the whole shebang. We're looking at the cyclones here at home, minus two and a half, Paul.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the time of the year, and I think we've talked about it on this podcast where we're teams in my mind start kind of running out of juice, and they have high points and low points. Late October, early November, we see some crazy results. They've been practicing since around August 1st. They're just not going to have the same level of collective team psyche week in and week out, and Kansas is in such a difficult spot, not only physically, but even more so mentally. I mean, you mentioned it. They beat Oklahoma for the first time since 1997. They expend so much emotional uh, in physical energy in that victory. The fans rush the field. They tear the goalpost down. They take them outside the stadium. They dump them in Potter Lake. I just don't know that that's a good setup for this travel uh, now to Ames, Iowa, uh, to face a team that's really playing uh, good football. You know, it's a team that obviously has endured some some difficulties this year. They had the early season scandal. They've steadied the ship. And surprisingly, they're in a five-way tie First place in the Big 12 at four and one. They've won three straight conference games, all by double digits. The redshirt freshman quarterback Rocco Beck really performing efficiently. Maybe not, you know, he's not in the Heisman Trophy conversation or anything like that. But he's getting the job done. And it's a relatively small sample size. But when I look at Kansas's road performance this year, they're really not the same team away from Lawrence. It doesn't appear they lost at both Texas and Oklahoma State. Uh, No shame in that. But against Nevada early in the season, they only beat Nevada 31-24. Jalen Daniels actually played in that game. That game was tied at 24 with 10 minutes to go. So I don't think they're quite the same team uh, away from Lawrence, Kansas. I like Iowa State to win this game by at least a field goal, probably more Iowa State minus two and a half. Over Kansas.
0: Get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. Went up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. Brought to you by our friends over at Bet River. Stay in the theme. Stay in the Big 12. Again, another good coach. Got his team on the improve. Weren't quite hitting on all cylinders early, especially that trip on Friday night to Stillwater where Howard threw three interceptions, and they lost that game uh, as the betting favorite. Now they traveled to Texas, kind of corrected some things, cleaned some things up, and they're kind of getting in their groove a little bit now. Texas with the backup quarterback, okay, they just outmanned uh, BYU. Texas is four and a half in Austin against Kansas State.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kansas State, you look at that quarterback situation, Will Howard feels a little heat. He sees Avery Johnson, the true freshman, a big-time recruit, uh, kind of closing in on him, and Will Howard is up this game. So they have a really nice situation there at the quarterback position, uh, does Kansas State, going into the final uh, four or so games of the regular season. Looking at Texas, I mean, if a person didn't watch last Saturday's BYU-Texas game uh, and just scan the, the box score – You know, the 35-6 win over BYU, you know, doesn't really cause reason for pause. But if you watch the game, uh, if you saw Malik Murphy's performance, it wasn't just a horrible first performance. I mean, the guy has not played any significant college football. But I still have concerns about him. Uh, Like a lot of uh, first-time quarterbacks, taking care of the football is going to be a big issue. He made some bad decisions in the throwing game. He threw one interception. Uh, he lost one fumble, uh, so you know the ball handling issues are certainly uh, something to uh, keep an eye on as they play Kansas State and Austin on Saturday. I think he's going to be more comfortable uh, in his second start against Kansas State, but Kansas State's a better football team than BYU, so he's going to need to be better. Kansas State, as I mentioned, they've started to really hit their stride uh, with the two-quarterback situation um, set up there of Will Howard and Avery Johnson really getting it done. They've won their last three games, have the Wildcats, over Texas Tech, TCU, and Houston by an average of 32 points. So they're really rolling. And in those three victories, I think very significant, they haven't committed a single turnover. So with the way Malik Murphy being an inexperienced quarterback, ball handling issues, Kansas State really protecting the football, I think Kansas State, although it's difficult to handicap turnovers, I think uh, they have a higher probability of winning the turnover battle in Austin on Saturday, doesn't do the Longhorns. So I like that uh, I like that advantage there. And Texas, frankly, obviously going to be without Quinn Ewers for the second straight week. Seems like they kind of maybe peaked with that week two victory, a very impressive victory uh, at Alabama. They need to kind of catch their second wind here. They've had trouble defending running quarterbacks in the past. Uh, they've got two of them to defend on Saturday and Will Howard and Avery Johnson. I like Kansas State plus four and a half over Texas.
0: All right, Uh, Paul Stone going theme again with us. Remember those Pac-12 home dogs last week, three of them? Well, we got three quality coaches, their teams in form as of late with uh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Bama and LSU, uh, kind of respected money coming in on Alabama. We saw some look-ahead lines as uh, five to seven range opened up five most places, uh, five and a half or six occasional there. It's been bet down to three. That's where it is right now, pretty much everywhere, including at bit Rivers. <clears throat> Should be a shootout. LSU, number one total offense, number one yards per play. Jaden Daniels having the best year out of any quarterback anywhere. Defense, though, different story. Triple digits, uh, yards per play uh, in the uh, triple digits. And also down three, four, three or more DBs for this game and an interior lineman as well. Jalen Milrow, look, yards per attempt number two in the country with all of these great quarterbacks. And he's been criticized and he's having to get it. But number two in yards per attempt in the country, Bama minus three prime time again for this matchup.
1: You know, I think obviously uh, they started, uh, played the other two quarterbacks uh, early in the season against South Florida and then gave the job back to uh, Jalen Milrow. And since then, I think they've really done an excellent job of just protecting him and, and, Throwing the ball in spots, and they're obviously not throwing the ball a whole lot, but they're being very effective when they do throw the ball. Uh, he hasn't uh, committed the turnovers that he did earlier, and he's really shown great improvement, has Jalen Milrow. I look at this game, first of all, Alabama opened as a six point favorite, as you mentioned uh, on Sunday morning there at Circa over LSU. Uh, it's right where I had the number. I had it kind of went back and forth between five and a half and six. Uh, but since that game opened Sunday, you know, it's kind of been a, a one-way avalanche of money uh, being bet on the Bayou Bengals, it seems. This line would suggest that the game would be pick on a neutral field. Uh, and while I absolutely love uh, Jaden Daniels, all, that op- all those offensive weapons, you mentioned the statistics, the, one of the top two or three offenses in the nation, without question, I just don't see this game being a pick on, on a neutral side. Uh, The Tigers are just too vulnerable on defense. And you mentioned the uh, specific vulnerabilities in the back of the defense, which wasn't a strength of the team beginning the season, Uh, certainly not. the the DBU that we've become accustomed there in Baton Rouge, and it's really been uh, a challenge for LSU to uh, defend passing teams. They give up eight yards per pass attempt. Uh, 250 yards a game, passing they rank just inside the top 100 in both those categories. You look at the three ranked opponents that LSU has faced this team this year, rather. Florida State, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Those three teams have averaged 46.3 points, 576 yards a game against LSU. Alabama, not nearly as prolific on offense as those three, uh, but I think you get the picture. Again, uh, LSU certainly one of the the nation's top two or three offenses, 44 points a game, 543 yards per game. But Alabama will be the toughest defense that LSU has uh, faced to date. Alabama also, I believe, has the advantage of having lost to LSU last year in Baton Rouge on the two-point conversion pass from Daniels to Mason Taylor. So uh, I think that touch of extra uh, motivation uh, is in the uh, the Tides uh, corner. Just in summation, you know, Alabama's still Alabama. They're playing with revenge. They're playing at night. Uh, And I think uh, Alabama at minus three is a little bit cheap. Take the tide over the Tigers Saturday night in Tuscaloosa.
0: Rare spot where you get Nick Saban uh, three or less uh, at home as a favorite. Even that great 2019 LSU team. Bound went off a five-point favorite in that 2019 game. Final pick, five for us this week for Paul Stone. Going to a total, going out to the Pac-12. UCLA, two-and-a-half in 50, two-and-a-half. At Arizona, Arizona does it again. Nice win against Oregon State uh, at home on Saturday night. The total is what you're looking at, 52-and-a-half, Paul.
1: I'll tell you what a great conference the Pac-12 is. It's just a, a shame that it's going to go away uh, for all practical purposes. But th- this game, you know, you look at the handicap of this total, first of all. I don't think anyone uh, could have projected that during their preseason preparation, uh, that uCLA was going to have one of the very best defenses in all of college football, but in my mind, that's what the you know that's what the numbers tell you. You know they rank highly. I do the Bruins in a number of key defensive statistical categories uh, in scoring defense, they're tenth at just sixteen point one points per game in rushing defense, they're second, only allowing fifty nine yards per game rushing. And they only allow 6.2 yards per pass attempt. So they're just, they're good uh, in all areas, all facets of defense. And on offense, you look at their five games against Power Five opponents this year, they've scored 28 points or fewer in four of those five games. So it's not like they're an offensive juggernaut, certainly not anything like they were uh, last year with DTR and more offensive weapons at their. uh, disposal. You look at this league again, the Pac-12, it has a reputation of being a high-scoring league, but both of these teams, they have been under machines to date in 2023. UCLA 6-1 and one to the under versus uh, FBS opponents. Arizona 7-1 and one to the under on the season. I made this total 48. I think this game stays in the 40s. I like the game to remain under 52 and a half on Saturday.
0: All right, uh five for you this week on Paul Stone. Looking for another week, looking for a repeat of a good stretch down the season to close out the college football season. For Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Ott here in the Sports Better's Paradise, each and every week on the Bet Rivers Network.